Hello, everyone. This is Robert Gowan. You're listening to the Mentors for Military podcast. And if you're not on Mixler, please join us at this time at MIXLR.com, where you can chat live with the team. And tonight is Spouses Night. We're really excited, and uh, we've got a, a big host of individuals that are in the team room here tonight. And uh, let me kind of just go around the, the horn and introduce a lot of them. Of course, everybody's familiar with Mike Pritz, Scott Kinder, and uh, Rudy Lindsay, and joining them with Susan Dayote is also uh, Kit Kaylin, Beth Peretz, and Kara Lindsay. So thank you all for joining us in this. Uh, we're going to try and pull it off the best we can. And to kind of tee it off as far as a, uh, an intro to, of course, military spouses, we can't say enough about how they support us. Uh, but they often experience a different perception of what their family member or service members encounter at various points of their career. So while it's true that most uh, military families can overcome challenges of military life by operating like teams, sometimes the point of view experienced by that spouse is much different than the service member. And many of us have experienced that and how our spouses are able to hold the fort together while we're gone. So this applies to everyday challenges of life as well as major events like deployment, PCS, and transition. Um, So what we're going to try and do is cover a lot of those issues such as deployments, reintegration, and PCS. And uh, I want to make sure that uh, we do get a chance to introduce some of the spouses. Maybe what I'll do is I'll call each of you up and you kind of give me a little bit of background as far as um, maybe how you guys met, um, how long you've been together, some of the things that you may do as far as an occupation, just to give our, uh, you know, the, the listeners an idea of a little bit about you. So, uh, Kara, we'll start with you, perhaps, and tell us a little bit about, Kara, you happen to be the wife of Rudy, uh, also known as AKA Jack Ontario. So, uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Um, well, it's it's pretty mixed, I have to tell you. I met Rudy a long time ago when he was 19 in upstate New York, of all places. He is a, He's a country boy from uh, Central Florida. He was a hog hunter in his former youth a camp. hog hunter. That's what he was. He told me tales of hogging in Florida, and I thought, well, that sounds impressive. So uh, I had him hang around for a while, and I thought maybe... Maybe we could share our knowledge together, and here we are. Excellent. Five years later. Kent, I know that you were on the show here uh, last week and actually talking about your background in the military, but you're also a spouse of a military member. That's correct. Uh, and no judgment. <laughs> I already know I'm gonna, this is going to be full of judgment. But um, I met my husband uh, on my last deployment, and uh, we started talking when we both, well, when I got back, because I got back after, and just hit it off, and here we are, <laughs> a couple of years later, so uh, I can already see the, the smirks going around, but yeah, it's one, <laughs> it's one of those things. <laughs> Excellent. So tell us a little bit about your background and how you met Mike and everything. So it was about 200 years ago. <laughs> around Moses, yes. Um. Uh, we started dating this my second week of my freshman year of high school. So I think we've been together almost 32 years total and married 30 in December. Wow, that's that's great. Absolutely wonderful. You know, he was a football, you know, guy and I was a freshman and that's all it. He brought alcohol to school one day. No, I'm <laughs> cool. he, had, he had a beard in high school? <laughs> I've said it a number of times that this beard. is a family show. <laughs> he did have a beard, and he also went hog hunting. So there you go. Nice. <laughs> about hogs. I don't know. Must be something with the bearded guys. Um, 
So I thought it might be good to kind of jump right in and get into some of the issues, of course, that um, you guys face. You know, being around these guys is certainly, especially, uh, especially since they're SF, they've been engaged in, or SOF in the case of UCAT, they've been engaged in uh, many different deployments. And, uh, you know, so I, I want to kind of talk about that and get your feel on uh, some of the uh the roles that you guys play and the family changes and stuff like that. And you guys are free to speak up at any time about your own opinion about that. You don't have to all I'll, speak at once though. I'll kind of, I'll kind of start off since we, we talked initially, the, the first topic is, is kind of, you know, uh, our deployment schedule and, and, you know, the back and forth nature of what we've done for so many years, uh, both guys going to Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, and, and it, you know, you generally put a number to it and, and a lot of the, the people in the conventional or general purpose forces, it's a year long for us. It was uh, seven, six or seven months. I know Cat. I think the the regiment has a, a much more compressed schedule, but it's often faster in, in returning. But what we don't see is that, that that time schedule is generally backed up by several months of pre-mission training. And and for me, I can tell you that um, you know the, every every school that would come up, every opportunity to to take my guys out and do a little bit of training overnight. Man, I never turned it down, and neither did the guys. And I don't think any of us would, you know, knowing what we were what we were faced with. So, you know, a deployment that that may be six months in long uh, in length is actually closer to eight or nine months when you when you figure in your your pre-mission training. I'd like yeah, to ask Beth of all the times that you that he did, that Mike deployed, how many years of your marriage while he was in the army did you actually live together? Well, the first. I think the first five years we lived together less than two. I kind of blocked all that out, I think. I don't even know. I mean, he was, <laughs> he's been gone so much that, you know, um, I, would, I wouldn't say half because, again, we've been together 200 years, but at least probably a good quarter of it anyway he was, he was deployed. I, I, know, I know for a fact that in the first two years uh, after I graduated the, the SF uh, qualification course, I was gone for 18 to 20 months. Uh, there were a couple of deployments. There was a, a pretty intense uh, winter warfare exercise that we spent several months in the mountains. Uh, a couple of schools. I had my ANOC or senior leader course during that time frame. And, you know, back then, everything wasn't done online. You know, it wasn't done virtually blackboard. It was, you had to actually, you know, uh, move to Fort Bragg, North Carolina and sit in a classroom. So, so a lot of the time, Right out of your initial SF training, you spend doing a lot of other stuff, specialty skills, specialty schools. Some of it comprised that, and some of it was deployments. And then we kind of fell into a routine of, uh, of about four or five months a year in former Yugoslavia uh, or Eastern Europe somewhere. But it, it, was, it was fairly consistent. I would say at least six to eight months a year between a deployment, a JSET, uh, and, and some, you know, some type of pre-mission training that, that would take us away from home. It was a lot. So, I mean, everybody la that knows the Kinder family laughs because two weeks after we got married, you know, and I just exported my wife from Australia to the U.S., two weeks after we were married, I was in basic training as a, the dirty x-ray in the room. So, um, empty basic training at Airborne School, the, the prep course for selection, and then the Q course. So, it was, it was nothing but being gone for me. And then, you know, getting the group, less than six months, um, assigned the fifth group, and I was sitting in Iraq. So... She, she had a, a steep intentional learning curve as far as being an SF wife, like right off the bat. 
And I have to say, just on um, my experience, having been over there and seen it, um, one thing, my, my deployment only lasted uh, eight months over there. But when I got back, um, I knew I didn't have to go right into the whole training cycle like, like you guys do. And seeing that on my husband's side um, and just hearing about it, you know, these guys saying they have 14, 15 deployments under their belt, um, seeing him or I came home. We met up, uh, and then he was back in the field, and then a couple months later, he was right back overseas, and we've been married for a year, but the entire time that we've been together, he's deployed four times, um, and he hasn't been, this last year, he hasn't been in a non-deployable unit, and I'll have to say, everybody asks me, it's like, you know, what's harder? Is it harder to be the soldier away, or is it harder to be the spouse, and ladies like I give you guys so much credit for having to have gone through the entire training cycle of these guys I mean being with them from the beginning and sticking with them throughout the entire thing because as much as the army says they're going to take care of you and your families they don't they don't care and they don't they don't care about what's going on with the spouses all they need is their guys doing the job that they ask them to do and I'll tell like all the girls that I know here that their husbands are deploying with regiment continuing to, to deploy i give them 100 percent credit this side over here is 10 times harder and i have a hands up because i know what's going on over there whereas y'all don't have a i mean you just well especially with dealing with special ops they can't tell you anything that's going on where as when i was over there i knew exactly what was going on so um definitely in my opinion from being on both sides i'd have to say that the spouses, no offense, guys, but it's a million times harder than being away. So yep. I, I give you guys so much credit for having 100%. Stayed. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%, Kat. And I, I think that, you know, I'll make it even easier for you. I, I think that our job is really freaking easy. You know, it's 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 tunnel vision. It's singularly focused, right? So as, as I was approaching deployment, that's all I was focusing on. Once I deployed, that's all I had to focus on. And I had a way, and I think most everybody else on here will probably do the same thing. I had a way of disengaging from what was going on back home. Yeah, things it's like a that, switch. Yeah, things that were very important, um, things that, that hurt to think about at times. Man, like Rudy just said, you, you flip a switch and, uh, and you're, com you're completely mission-focused. And, and I think that, you know, some aspects of that, the spouse also has to flip a switch because there are things they don't want to know, right? And there's so much going on. They assume the role of both, you know, parents, uh, everything going on in children's lives, everything going on in their careers. They've got to continue to do. Well, all we have to do is go out, you know, do a little bit of mission planning and bang targets all night. I mean, that's that's really easy. You know? And we that's like why, it. No, we love it. It's why it's why everybody joins up. But I, I think that I think there's some other challenges that that we haven't talked about. You know, one of the things that I did um, as I was approaching deployment, and I did it consciously. Beth and I talked about this. She may, she may want to elaborate, but I, I consciously withdrew before I left from my role in the family. And I, I think that was for me, you know, at, particularly when it comes to discipline of my kids who are in junior high and high school. Uh, I didn't want to be, you know, that that bad guy, that 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 hard disciplinarian dad like I was a lot. In the, in the month or so before I deployed to combat, because what if, right? What if something happened and the last thing my kids remembered was I was getting on them on something really really trivial or stupid that, you know, means a lot in, in raising a child, 
But in the bigger picture, a lot of the stuff that I would harp on is probably trivial. So I would, I would physically remove myself from that a month or so out and, and Beth would pick up the role and she would just, she'd run with it. And it, it got to become a battle drill for us. So, And that's great. Like I, so many, I think so many young couples, especially if they're raising young families, that's a great way to switch roles while the other parent is there. And I think kids would be able to adjust more to the, the deploying parent. Whereas a lot of times these guys, especially young rangers that deploy, they, they just take off and mom is what 19 20 years old brand new baby and or or they have you know a five-year-old whatnot and they have to take over like everything instantly and they're left with not having a clue so that i i think that is something that if there is something that needs to be written or noted is that what y'all just said about that being a battle drill that is so important that i mean you guys that's awesome absolutely awesome routine is everything for the kids so um, when, when dad's gone, you know, our routine stays the same. We still get up in the morning and they go to school and, you know, I go to work or whatever, but we have the same routine and that helps them kind of get through it. I mean, when the, when they're really little, you know, six months is no different than two days to them, but they do need that routine of consistency, you know, normalcy here at home when mom is mom and dad and you know, baseball coach and football coach and, you know, all of these things. So it, it is important for them, for sure. And my wife's in the chat room, so if she has questions, I'll be saying, I'm posting this to the group as Camilla. So Camilla is mentioning right now in the chat that she created a mums group because she was brand new to several areas. And even worse, you know, basic training at Fort Benning and then going to Bragg and, and some continuity there, then moving to Clarksville. So she had no real family connections anywhere. Like I said, I, I brought her from Australia to the States, and two weeks later, I'm gone off playing soldier and trying to learn how to be a, a barrel chested freedom fighter, and she's trying to network and do stuff. So she threw herself into studies and everything else, but it's only now recently when I hear kind of some of the stories over barbecues and stuff that things when I was in Iraq or, or Afghanistan or, or anywhere that I just took for granted that she kind of now, years later, kind of opens up and tells me kind of some of the issues that were going on in the background that just stops me in my tracks and floors me because, you know, sometimes you, you just don't want to know. <laughs> That's a funny point that you say. Sometimes you just don't want to know. Rudy, does that apply to you? I never want to know. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, Carrie, I think this is a good, you know, something similar to that, uh, which you can reference is I, m I remember being gone a lot and you would just be scouring the internet for any kind of nuggets of open source information or anything like that on what was happening in the area I was in? Uh, yeah, yeah, that was a big, that was a weird time in my life. Like, remember in the Philippines, you were you you would uh, send the clippings of uh, of uh, things going on in the in the Philippines. You know, um, I do remember that. I just, I, you know, Beth, do you remember those years back, decades ago? I don't know how that just got forefront in his brain but apparently that stands out to him that 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 was happening maybe while he was gone is that what you mean you just didn't know that's what we were doing yeah because that was weird you, you know things go on with you boys that others just do not have any clue going on i remember when you know the world finally realized that we were that there was a problem going on when 
you know, 9-11 happened, and they're like, what the, what are you talking about? Like, I don't know what terrorists are. And I remember talking with my other girlfriends, our other SF wives, and we're all like, you didn't know there were terrorists going on. And the reality really hit us that other people don't really worry about things like terrorists and stuff. They really didn't. And that wasn't part of their daily lexicon, whereas it had already been ours for over a decade. You know, you know, Abu Sayyaf and Philippines and, you know, just different encounters. And they're all kind of like, but we're not at war. What do you mean? They would have absolutely no clue whatsoever um, what was kind of going on in our world. And so I found out that our world kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And I don't know how you ladies, how your, how your circle goes, but it is. By the time you get to the point where you're in a specialty unit, you know most have, most have been weeded out that are not of similar mindset. You know, we find ourselves kind of amongst ourselves. And so we find similar background stories. We find, look at, we're just matching up going, well, that sounds like my story. Oh, another holoconder. Yeah, we're all on out of a moment. <laughs> right? You can't make up how many things we probably all have in common and similarities and experience. You probably can't. It's probably, we could have so much coffee together and probably laugh our heads off if we weren't being recorded. I would probably just be like, remember this time? And you guys would be like, oh, yeah, but we can that, that. That wouldn't be a family show, by the way. There would no, be words, words coming out that you, you know, couldn't air. Totally. Like, I would be interested in that conversation, but I don't know how far you go. So I'm kind of just listening going, so what's the tone? We're going to talk. Okay, deployment schedule. I think we all can, we all can nod. We all go, we don't know what a deployment schedule is because it just means you're not around. You're just not around. Yeah. There's no it schedule. Means, it means he comes home on Friday and Monday. He says, hey, let's go next week to blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but, yeah, but listen, baby. Okay. Listen. Listen, this training's going to be great. Listen, let me tell you. Listen, we're going we're gonna to go. We're gonna see, no one's ever done this before. I just want to listen. Yeah. It's going to be it's gonna be top notch, baby. <laughs> I just want to say that, that these ladies get it, man. Huh. I mean, that's why we yeah, marry you. Get, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pictures, right? I would get pictures of where he was and then oh. things he was seeing. And I told him I was going to start taking pictures of myself at Walmart and <laughs> at the <laughs> store and that say, look, cool. oh, look what I got to do today. Totally. Oh, You're oh, you are wearing crash helmets. They're like driving cars. Oh. Right. We're at Walmart going, it's so just our I, yeah. So what's, what? what's cool that you're talking about is is how much it sounds like that Rudy communicated with you and how much I communicated with Beth. And <laughs> it's something, I mean, it, I'm, not, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to steer it, but it's, it's something that a lot of guys don't get. And, yeah. and, a, and a lot of folks who deploy, you know, they, they're under this. And Robert and I talked about it a little bit earlier in the week. I mean, I also deployed in the first Gulf War. Um, I was in Korea in 1988. Back then, I had a payphone that I could call home from, and and in in the first Gulf War, I was able to move to a site that had telephones twice in seven months. Other than that, we were scratching out a couple of lines on the back of an MRE box that was was getting sent through the military postal service. That's how you communicated back then. But in my time in combat, you know, uh, in, in you know post 9/11 world, we've all got satellite communications. Um, the I ability. I love that you bring this up. I'm sorry, Jeff. <laughs> oh, no. oh no, Mike. Oh, well, yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about. The no. ability to talk every I day. I still have there? some of those MRE back, by the way. Oh my gosh, see, Beth did it too. All right, we just moved our 18th move up. We did. This is our 18th move we just did. And I brought along some of those, quote, MRE notes. I saved them all. And oh my gosh. How our, I have them all. And they're like, 
And my fiance like, well, you got all these papers. I'm like, touch my papers. No, you won't. They go right in here where I've dragged them for the 18th time and I'm keeping them because this is how we used to communicate. And you know there were no phones. There's no internet. You never saw each other. You never got this ever. I would actually have my wife start writing letters to me a month ahead of time. Right. Oh, so that way, that way I could get mail. It always yes. uh, stunk when you didn't get mail out there. So annoying, right? You're yeah. like, I want snacks. Start sending them now. Hey, that chat <laughs> phone can be, a, can be a, a, a double-edged sword, though, can it? It definitely is. Kara? Yes. That sat phone's a double-edged sword, though, isn't it? Are you talking? Oh, you know what? Listen, I don't know how... Look, cause I, I don't know. I could just go off with a lot of coffee, but... You know, those satellite phones can be bad and good. I, I think I know where you're going with that. Rudy always interjects with excitement. Rudy's very exciting. He doesn't like to be moderate. Has anyone met Rudy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty mellow. He's the only, I've met Rudy. He's always very reserved and mellow. Uh. <laughs> Rudy's always like, well, just let's get to the fun stories. But um, the exciting ones. And we do have a lot, as I'm sure... Everyone does. I'm sure he's referring to our sat stories and uh, tops of mountains, and they go out right when the explosion goes off, and then the phone goes dead, and then that's the end of it. Yeah, those are fun. Those are really exciting, fun calls. Like, they come at 3 in the morning, they wake you up, you're like, oh my god, I haven't talked to him, you know, in, in, in over a month. And then you talk to him, and it's all, like, jabbered, you know, it's that delay, it's all weird conversations off or you don't even know who you're talking to you're just like I, I miss you you just say like all these obligatory things you know you should be saying and but in, the, like, in the guy's defense it's hard to like we we're like uh michael's talking about earlier with that switch it's hard to switch that back on and re-engage as bad as you want to it's yeah. difficult to like what do you even say like, what do you think? And you're like, I'm on the side of a mountain. I don't know. Are you <laughs> the lemonade? I mean, what do you even ask them? <laughs> we have know. a switch. Yeah. We have a switch, too. Yeah. Oh, you have to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We have a switch because, and this is one of the things that I would tell the new young wives. I would say, you know, when things happen at your house, and inevitably you're going to have a teenager and stuff's going to happen. And when that happens, you have to make a choice and you have to say, hey, can he do anything about this? If the answer is no, then he don't need to know. If he can't fix it, he doesn't need to know because he has so many other things on his mind that, you know, we our, are one so of our kids trained. going out. You're a good soldier, Beth. You're a good soldier. One of our kids failing something, which ours didn't, by the way, just in case they're listening. But, you know, he doesn't need to know about that because he can't fix it anyway, and it's just going to be something else to weigh on his mind, and there was too many things oh, else yeah. to weigh on his mind. So, oh, that's Both so Beth and Kara, and, and probably Susan, probably you too, and not to ignore Kat, but I don't, I don't, Kat, I don't know if you experienced this or not. If you did, <laughs> by all means, chime in. But the, the, the three of you guys kind of fell into the role of being a senior uh, wife or a senior spouse uh, for for the wives groups or the team wives. What uh, was some of the advice you guys you guys gave some of the younger wives? I um, tried to steer clear of all of that stuff, but if I was asked, <laughs> <laughs> when when Mike was uh, when Mike had his got his first you know got his battalion, I he would make me go to the FRG meeting. No, I'm not talking about FRGs, man. Oh, I, oh, you and Carrie are. 
fit yeah, right in with my, the Yeah, my job was to keep him away from the cookies. That's the only reason yeah. I was there. <laughs> um, I'm talking about internally, internally on the teams, you know. Um, well, the, the spouses are fairly close, usually. Yeah, and you have to kind of feel out the, the wives and see, are they in a rainbow-colored bubble where their husband's at Disneyland? Because yeah, if they yeah. are, you need to – Mike kept me pretty well informed. I mean, he didn't give me details, but I, I probably I knew more than most of the wives. Yeah. So, and how I, annoying is that when they're all like ding dong dingery? I had one that sang the ABCs and literally put her hands over her ears. I was aghast. I was like, "Are you serious? You really gonna sing? <laughs> serious? Then why are we here?" Like, I get the wives together, and she's all, "Oh, ABC, don't tell me, ah ha ha!" And I was like, "All right, we gotta go." So everybody, we're gonna do something different. I I I don't know. I don't have any time for that. I can't play Lala. <laughs> I'm sorry. What's the point? Why no, are we but Kara. What, so some of the younger wives, Kara. What did, you, did I know they asked you questions? You know, especially uh, some of the guys that had their first deployment or whatever, and they knew what team they were on and what we were doing and all that. Um, yeah. What like what was some advice you gave them? For our wives, I have to tell you, I. I literally, I'm so proud of our team that we had. We really did. I have to say that I, it must have won the lottery, I guess, getting up with a group that we did. Because Which I, one? When? Um, when we were in Washington, and okay. we were in the first group, and I just thought, well, this is it. You know, we're in. Let's do this. Let's go. We're, we're in the stands. There we go. You know, we, we're, we're gonna we're gonna be together, and we were brand new up there, and we didn't know anyone, and we were there for um, 13 days before you left. And we had just moved into Olympia, and I thought, well, no time like the present. Might as well get together. So I just kind of got the list out and said, this is what we're doing, and I found a meeting hall place there, and we all got together, and I kind of just said, this is the way it's gonna be. You know, this is a closed room, and I kind of made up rules and acted like I'd done it before, which I hadn't. But I was married to Rudy, so I just kind of rolled with it. And so they all just kind of went, oh, well, she must know what she's talking about. And I was like, well, yeah, because, you know, whatever. Some kind of, I don't even know. It's kind of crazy stuff. And they all kind of joined in with that same mindset. And before long, we were all echoing each other. And then we started, like, the, their realness came out. The fakeade went away. You got the hardcore real, so we're pretty intimate, tight clubs because we have a um, we had a um, a no tell policy. So if we ever got together, then that was the deal. Nobody spouted, you know. It was like a no tell room, and it was it. I have to tell, look. I'm smiling even saying it because it was an amazing group of women that we had. We were all very tight. Nobody sang the ABCs in La La Land. But what advice did you give the younger wives? No, I don't give advice. <laughs> I, 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 I only, I only I talk to spoken to. So if they ask me a question, yeah. uh, <laughs> they better be prepared for the answer because I don't wasn't going to sugarcoat anything. Yeah, you know, no, they, that's smart. I gave it. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't give it. I didn't have any advice to give because then I was new. I was just saying. I think that maybe that is the advice. Maybe that's why she's like, I wouldn't give it unless they ask specifically. I think actions say so much. And if you act like a leader, people will follow you, and you'll be a leader. And I think that's the best advice to give. I guess if you have to say it, I think actions say everything. If you're a new wife and you don't know what to do, act like you do. Right. Act like you know what you're doing, and you will. Don't flounder. Don't be a victim. Don't cry. I don't know what I'm doing. Don't, don't whine. No, 
No, so whining is bad. Don't whine. I have no respect for it. So I think we keep that is it is stand up and be something and be someone somebody wants to be around because you don't well know. and and you have to be strong and be uh, for your children because yeah. you know they that weakness breeds weak weakness breeds weakness so they don't copy that. you that's they right do. that's right and that 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 doesn't help them um, in their process of missing their dad or you know, whatever. So, yeah, you got to be strong. So you got to have good coping out. skills. And if you're watching yeah. your mom being a weenie, I'm lonely. Get over it. They're kids. You know, yeah. you're the adult. Get up. You're not yeah. whining. We have a no weenie, no wine policy. Yeah. yeah. I think, is that standard? We're yeah, both I, I, I draw a circle, imaginary circle around myself. That's the no wine zone. So <laughs> you step inside that, you know, that's that. There's no, no. Gloves are off if you're going to come in there and whine. Well, because there's too much to do. There's no worrying and no whining. There's action, there's preparation, and that's it. Yeah. There's no time. And when I get I get new wives in and they'd be, you know, our new ones, you have to help them. But they need inspiration. And so if you keep, my thing was to make a team. And because it worked for the guys, it was all I knew to mimic. I don't have a family, I bet most people don't hear either. Most of the guys don't have close family. That's why we're all in this team. That's how we all ended up, I think, in this spot together. And I think, well, why not mimic then? Because it works for the guys. I've never seen a, a tighter group of men in my life. Well, I was I was in the military for a short while myself. I had great relations always with my peers. We were a very tight team. And so when I got around the Special Forces wives, and we would, you know, as the years went on and I got older and older, you know, here I am. And we would get these young girls in, you know, they got a whole different set of challenges that we didn't have at that age and a whole different set of advantages that we didn't have at that age. So, you know, trying to adapt and cats, I, I, I'm so glad that you're here. You've got this modern type of um, uh, perspective and influx, which is essential for us to keep growing and learning and sharing information. You know, that's how we all help each other and try to get through these things, not to be a survival, but to get through them so we can all have some semblance of a happiness of a life. Like, we don't want to just survive. That's not good enough. We want to survive <laughs> and, be, and, and be happy and be proud of ourselves and have a reason to keep living for crying out loud. So, so, I, what, was I, the, so what was the scariest thing about when, uh, when, when, uh, both uh, Mike, Scott, and I, and Robert, decided to transition out of the military. Something we had been involved in for so long, and it's really some of the one of the only things that we knew. What was the scariest? What was it like from your guys' perspective? Sue, what's about your perspective? What do you think? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Sue can. Sue can hear us. Yes, I can hear you. Oh, there you are, right there. <laughs> what would, what's your perspective on that? What do you think about those boys transitioning in? Well, like, because I served 22 years, and I, um, it, I think I had a little bit different experience. Um, so I'll just give you a little background. So I spent, I don't know, a number of years on active duty as a single parent. And so I always had to reach out to the wives 
to babysit my children when I needed to go out on training operations. And so, like Beth said before, you kind of have to feel them out and you got to talk to them and you got to figure out who's going to be best for your children and whatnot. And I was always a very, very strict parent with my children. They'll, they'll tell you that I'm not the nicest mom in the world and I'm not going to win mom of the year anytime soon. But I would always make sure that I placed my children with another military family that I thought would provide the same discipline. And I think it, I typically steered towards families that were older staff NCOs, um, E6s and above, or officers, because the younger wives just didn't know. And I couldn't fault them, because when you're newly married into the military, you just don't know what you don't know. And the only way you're going to learn it is by going through it and learning it the hard way, right? So if you're lucky enough to put yourself with a group of women who've been through it and you can learn from them, great. But if you don't, then you're kind of hosed and you're going to end up, you know, having a bad marriage. But when I separated, so let me back up. So I got married. My husband lived in Ohio. I was stationed in Kansas City, Missouri. Then I got stationed in Virginia. He was still in Ohio. So we never lived together. And then I retired. And then I moved to Ohio, and then we had been married for almost, I don't know, three, four years, and then now all of a sudden, we're going to live together. And so he would not come on the podcast tonight. I did ask him, but I asked him ah, questions is like... Is he in the other room with like an ice pack and a beer? Is he over Yeah, he, he's hiding. <laughs> but when I asked him, you know, like what, what was hard about me coming home and living together for the first time. And at first he wouldn't answer me. I think it's because he was afraid that he was going to pick a fight with me. But he was like, he said that I was so still acting like a Marine. Everything in the house had to be a certain way. Everyone had to get up at the same time every day. It was like all of this structure. I couldn't relax. I couldn't just be a wife or a mom. I still was acting like First a Marine. First of all, what is that, right, in comparison? Right. Like, that is so low drag. Oh, my God. <laughs> so lame in comparison. Because it is. It is because I can say it, too. I've done both roles. And I'm sorry, but who doesn't want to play with the boys, right? Like, that's right. fun. Like, let, give me my helmet. And then when you don't get that helmet and you're so lamed out at home that you thought, are you serious? Is this a job? And then you go, oh, it is. Okay, let me get, okay, I got to change. Let me fix this right now. Let me pull myself together. Let me try again. And because you don't know what a wife is and you don't know what a mom is and neither do they. I know my husband, I'm sorry, baby. I love you so much. I love you for trying. <laughs> I do. Here it comes. No, I do. I, I do. I love you for trying all the time, but let's be realistic what we're dealing with here. <laughs> you got trained to not be a parent. Yeah. I I have to have a parent in my house. So I think it's so strange and it's got to be an amazing challenge to have your wife tell you it. Like, I'm just saying from your skill level, when I look at you and I say, no, stay in your lane. You're in teacher mode. And I know you're looking at me going, <clears throat> you know what I do? I know what you do. But we're in parent mode and we're trying to do the, you know, the switch back and forth. And I love you for continuing to try because it is so difficult that Rudy and I laugh about writing a book because no one would believe the things that we have. <laughs> you can't my, make it up. On that note, Kira, my wife in the chat room just wrote that she was having a stressful day when I was on the team and, and complained about the stress of work and being a mom to another team wife. And the team wife just told her, like, hey, look, deal with it. You knew what you were getting into. 
Um, so it started a whole conversation in the team room with Ryan and, or sorry, in the chat room with Ryan and, and my wife saying, you know, did she really know what she was getting to? And in, yeah, in hindsight, though, yeah, I don't like that. I'm sorry she said. I don't like that she said that. I would. No, and, and I agree, but you know. <laughs> SF guys don't even know what we're getting to when we go through the Q course. So when we I get think, to a team, nobody knows what it's about. So it's it's a hard. I think anyway. Guys, I thought that would foster some more dialogue. So I threw that I threw that frag grenade out there for everybody to. Absolutely. In here, I wish she was in here too. You tell her. Can she hear us? Yes. Yes. Well, it's Camilla, right? Yes. Yes, Camilla. They shouldn't have said that because if you have a bad day. You should have someone to say, I'm sorry you had a bad day to you. Not a jerk saying you know what you got into. That's horrible. That's not good teamwork. See, I would not allow that on my team. She has a wife. <laughs> Everybody round up. Come on in. I always say we should have had a, some sort of a, a book, you know, a book that would tell us how to, how to handle certain things. And then I, we used to talk. First of all, there's a difference between, because Mike used to be in the conventional army, before he went SF, those are two. We, that's two different types of wives, right there. They're they're completely separate. They really are because they see things a little differently. Because right, he was, the, right, yeah. How long did you have before you transitioned over? Uh, about I don't even know. I can't even remember. It was seven years. About six six years. About six that's years. Enough, seven. Because if you had five, yeah. thinking that. So there's a big difference there, and I I told him I always wish that they would let us wives go to. You know how they do the special forces recruiting on base and all that? I wish they would let us go talk to them. Bad and, idea. And <laughs> terrible idea. Terrible idea. The guys whose wives are going to tell them they don't want them to do this and they don't want them to do that, you don't want those guys anyway. we got to yeah. weed them out. Sorry, we, 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 we don't know why Douglas is so down, but sorry, Major Pritz's wife has been in the uh, the room with the potential recruits lately, and, and, this, and we're not getting really cool, Scott. If you just listen, she said we got to weed them out. We may need yeah. to send her to Camp McCall and work with the Phase One students. <laughs> that would we got to get rid of those guys whose wives tell them what to do because they don't fit. In oh, the they got to go. Yeah. <laughs> six months. I don't want them on the same team as Mike. No. I don't want that. No, 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 no. Well, that's the number one excuse, right? Like why people like uh, don't go through selection or quit selection is they always say, well, I wanted, I didn't want to deploy as much as you guys do. Or I didn't want to do that. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. yeah okay. Well, I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. You don't want someone on your team that doesn't want to be there. Isn't that no. the deal? You no. have to want to be there. And that's the deal with the wives. If you get a whiny one, it's because they don't want to be there. Yeah. They're whining because they want something else. And that's... they like they like when payday comes along. Aww. So there's that, you know. <laughs> that's a whole nother show, people. Ah! That's all I got to say. <laughs> you know it. You know oh you know, there is no explaining the experience you gained <laughs> hanging around. But we wouldn't we wouldn't have it any other way. I mean it was it's it's been a good good life, good life experiences and uh, you know. Now it's over. When it's over, it's really you, you just have those memories there. So. Is it shocking how different? Is it shocking how different uh, from the spouses' perspectives? Is it shocking how different it is after the transition? You, for you, you know, you being so used to that structured uh, military lifestyle, and 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 then you you get away from it. Um, Mike was home, gosh, for almost a year before he actually retired so 
we're we're different than most people. We really would rather be together than be apart. Some people, you know, people always say, "Do you get used to? Um, did you did you get used to him being gone all the time?" And I and I my answer is always, "I don't want to get used to it. I don't ever want to be used to him not being with me. I just learn to tolerate it a little bit more each time." There you so, go. You know. Him being home all the time, it doesn't. That's that's great. I mean, it, that doesn't affect us too much. Um, yeah, but I mean, as far as I mean, as far as uh, as relating in the civilian world, like I know, I know when we left Fort Bragg, we were there, we were there for a long time, and I know when Carrie and I left Fort Bragg and moved to upstate New York, it's a completely different world up here, and oh, yeah. it's something that that I know I had to get used to, and I'm still not used to it, but. From from the spouse's perspective, what what do you guys feel like you went through? Was there was there anything? I don't know. Am I am I off base with that? Uh, there really wasn't on our end. I mean, we've owned our home here in Colorado for twenty years now, so we've we've been um, fortunate to be able to come back, you know, to leave and come back and leave and come back. So this is home for us, yeah. and um, so we didn't have to do that. But it, 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 we almost had. Well, you know, Mike had when he decided to retire. He was given an opportunity to go back to Bragg and then possibly a year later go do something else. And so we, that's when we talked about him retiring. Um, and I gave him no no input, by the way, because it was not my decision. It was his decision. However, yes, absolutely, absolutely no input. She said it's completely up to me to the point that when I actually wrote her an email, as I was in Lebanon Ford at the time, when I sent her an email, and said that, uh, or I don't know, a chat message, something that said I, you know, I dropped my paperwork. Uh, she couldn't believe it. She honestly thought I was going to go the other way, the safe way. Yeah. And, um, but for for me, I'm mean, like she's been saying, we've been together so long, uh, and we've been apart a lot of that time. And you know, we've talked a little bit uh, amongst ourselves. I don't know if you've done on the show about the the medical challenges that we've been through with her transplant. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That brought us a lot closer together than I think uh, any any deployment or any any other situation could have. So I, I think we were looking forward to the time that I could retire. And yeah. It was just a matter of picking the right time. And it, Mike, you, it took you me said a while. something. You said something there, man, that resonates. And that was something that I think you know. My wife and I, we've been married what, Carrie, twenty six years now, twenty seven years. It must seem like that. It's yeah. not that long. Twenty five. <laughs> something like that. Anyway. Um, you know, I found it, I found that going through the medical stuff at the end of the, at the end of the, you know, prepping the transition and, and myself, I went through a med board, so I was, I was damaged goods, but, uh, having, having her there, you know, with me was, it was, it was, it was very different because I, you know, we had been gone so much and that op tempo was extremely high and having her there with me going through some of that medical stuff was, uh was a neat experience and I think that brought us real close together. Aw, honey. Dan, what scoring, medical stuff scoring you points. Like, you are scoring points. Oh, you're such a character. Uh-uh. <laughs> well, family what? show, family show. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't go through the same kind of thing, Rudy. I I, I think yeah. when, when it when the time and the decision was made, of course, I wasn't completely prepared. Um I wasn't completely prepared to get out the time. I was going to ride the pony as long as yeah. I could. And when the pony finally bucked me, well, I, I pick up the pieces and figure it out. That's kind of like, I think, what we talked about during crisis planning. So that's the mode I, I went into. And I, I kind of, in the last 
Um, well, I had some time. I mean, it's yeah. not like I, I came home and I had to get out. Uh, they allowed me to drop my retirement from being forward and pick a date that I wanted to retire. So that gave me about 18 months. And in that 18 months, we went into our, our kind of our, our rapid, you know, planning uh, mode and and, yeah. and the things the same things kind of I talked about in that article uh, I wrote for the or the blog post for the webpage. That's what we really did. And and between the two of us, I man, we put our heads together and we buckled down. And there's no way I think I could have done it if she wasn't on board. And um, and, and that. To me, that was that. That's what 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 got us through that time. I think, and not that it was a difficult time. There was a lot of challenges. They were all on my end, a hundred percent. And she can talk about that. Um, you know, that sometimes we we create stuff in our own heads about what we're doing going forward. And um, yeah. and I I'm a simp, I'm a a product of what Scott always talks about with analysis paralysis, thinking about so many different things that you wanted to do or that you could do. Uh, rather than really getting down to to brass tacks and figuring out what I was going to do, yeah, you know, and that's what she really helped me through. And and more than anything, she was just there to bounce ideas off of. And she's got more ideas than I do, so maybe she wants so to talk about. I don't know. She make fun of me. You. She was a real she, good well, friend to you. She still is. She always has been, and she always will be. Yep. Go on yeah. points. There you go, Mike. <laughs> hey, sorry. I don't keep interjecting with uh, my wife-isms, but she's in the chat room, and I think it's a good point. She said, if she were to give young wives advice, it would be four things. Wait to worry, wait to worry, wait to worry is number one. Two, surround yourself with as many people as you can, not just military, but maybe work, church, moms groups, etc. Three, have a plan of what you're going to do every day. Go to outings, keep yourself busy. And four, realize and always keep in the forefront that everything is temporary and everything ends. So that would there be, you go. again, I'm trying to get that chat room. Yay! Very I love good that. advice. Yeah, yeah, really good. That. Yeah, there, she wrote that down, right? Because I need that. She did. That. It's in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the household 2016. <laughs> yeah, but it's like I said, those young wives, they don't know what they don't know. And, you know, you, you yeah. can say that, you know. Well, they you think they you, know a lot. They Sometimes <laughs> they do. But then they learn the hard way. And just listening to you and Kira, you know, obviously you've been around this for a very long time. And so it's kind of like old hat to you. But for, you know, I have a niece who's married to an army guy at at, um, Fort Hood, Texas, and they're having issues, but they're young, right? And he's always gone. And so I have the same conversations with her about you just, you you know, you got to suck it up, tough it out, just wait, you know. But, you know, I think it's advice can only be taken if you're really open to receiving it and sometimes when they're young they're not open to receiving that advice right they have to live right. through the hard stuff themselves before they're really going to learn it right right even worse are the wives who think that they're entitled to the tabs or the awards that their husbands have right. that's or the rank, or the rank. yeah because so i can i'll say it before a wife well i, I had a uh, sergeant major that was actually getting an id card and he came back from getting his id card he goes you're not going to believe this but there was actually a an officer's wife that was in there asking if she couldn't have something special put on her card so that when she went to the px and commissary <clears throat> they would know that she's a colonel's wife Oh, it's always uh, the officers. And, yeah, and of course she had the colonel's. I I didn't want to go down that path, but she had the colonel's rank, you know, on her, uh, you know, little, you know, lapel of her shirt and everything else. And um, yeah, I think that there's sometimes, and of course he turned around to her and said, "Last time I checked, your title is dependent, 
not Colonel. So, um, yeah, I mean, he kind of put it. But, I mean, the truth is, I mean, the rank kind of gets bent out of shape, not only while you're in, but while you're out. And we did a whole podcast uh, piece about that as well, is that you got to leave that at the door when you walk out. Right. Uh, That's right. Well, it's not only rank. It's rank and awards and accomplishments yes. and tabs and units yeah. and anything else. I mean, and group guys are horrible at it as well, right? I mean, because you're in an SF group or assigned a Ranger Battalion, it's not a classified assignment. So, you know, but the wives get even more secret squirrel about it sometimes. You know, the ones who think they're entitled to the cool guy status of, of whatever's happening. So sometimes you just got to check that ego again and just realize it. Nobody's what's entitled to What's interesting about that is, so when I got back... And I went to a uh, like a family group thing with my with my daughter, and everyone had heard like, oh, you know, and, so, and we, you know, perfectly legal. We neither of us were married. We weren't seeing anyone else. It was one of those things. But so prior to my deployment with um, going over there, some brilliant officer decided to shoot out an email through FRG asking the wives for their opinions uh and this is in regiment about and i don't i don't know if um if beth or kira if you guys this was when these guys were in but they asking they felt about um females or women working alongside their husbands well this i'm telling you blew up into a uh, it was it was disgusting the comments that came out um about you know because their husbands had told them my i don't i don't work with women women aren't involved like we go out it's just a bunch of dudes and that's what they were used to but you know back when i deployed with them this is 2011 it just put a target on our back so luckily it's a maturity thing cat oh absolutely absolutely because my team was one of the was one of the first teams if not the first where we had a female on our on our team because we were doing some we were doing some specialized things, um, but Carrie, you remember Amy? Don't you don't have to say her last name, but you remember Amy of was course. on our team. Of course, yeah, I do. And and again, I think it's a maturity thing if 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 spouses are getting bent out of shape because their their spouse is working with the opposite sex. Well, and um, it, the interesting thing about that is that you you know your spouse well enough. Um, yeah. And you're both adults. And but the when I get back to my original um, bringing my daughter to this event, I had such a target on my back by these spouses because they're like, oh, that's the B word that married Ranger, and she was over there, and you know what was going on, and it's just on and on and on. And I like never, never again went to a meeting um, when it came down to like social events. I'm like, no, I'm sticking my butt home, and it's like I. I shouldn't have to feel bad about my service or the fact that I met my husband overseas because just like other civilian side spouses meeting each other, whatnot. But, um, I just, for, for me transitioning from military into the spouse and having to play that role with, um, you know, the FRG, which is terrible. My, my inbox is completely flooded all this time. Um, it was bad for a while, but, but like, um, Kira, you said, you know, you had your team, and I, I, I think of that like, like with, uh, um, with regiment, you know, you have a bunch of younger guys, not a lot of um, camaraderie among the wives, and I, I am super jealous of the fact that you guys have, what is it, how many guys are on a team, eight? 
anywhere yeah. between eight to twelve. Eight to twelve. Okay, so you know the the likelihood of having you know a lot of women supporting each other, especially when their husbands are gone. I mean, you guys do. You get super tight knit, but um, for me, it was like I I need to link up with my and honestly, when it came down to conversation, I'd link up with my husband's buddies that I had deployed with before. And they would introduce me like, oh, this is Kat. You know, she worked with me. She knows what's going on. And a lot of like the older, the older wives, like, you know, E67 e uh, spouses, they, they were all about it. They're like, oh, it's nice to know, have somebody that uh, knows what's going on. You know, if we have questions, like you can, you can explain it to us on a spouse level. And, but uh, at first it was, it was nasty. It was not, and that's, like you said, it's a maturity level and, um, I really think they were trying to set us up for failure by sending out that email, but uh, yeah, that wasn't. I'd say that first year back was a little rough. So, yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> you we know, didn't have I, email when Mike and I first got together, so you know <laughs> that was back. That was snail mail. They never bothered sending stuff out at that. You know, tablets. Yeah, on the rock with the. You know, Kat. Though I think I think a, a big difference too is. Uh, is because we're so close you're talking about uh, an 8 to 12 man team um, and not only are we close when we're deployed so our wives stay close but we're close when we're when we're not deployed we do a lot of things at least and maybe maybe that's changed some of the culture lately with some of the younger guys coming in maybe Scott kind of talk about that but I, I think I've been in SF for for a long time uh, we did a lot of things when we weren't deployed that kept the team together that brought the wives together that was all a social environment yeah, and it everything. wasn't yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the kind of thing where it was formal and an FRG. Man, I don't remember having an FRG in, in a in a special forces group until after nine eleven. Yeah, uh, no, it, yeah, it was just something no we way. did by nature. We were always together. Um, we we always, I mean, weekends, team parties, uh, See, Friday nights. It must all the time. be universal. Uh, this is what what Mike's saying. I'm sorry to interject, <laughs> but I want to hear from people because they know, and it's hard to be able to just say to another wife, "Remember the transition, how this went with these wives." The ones that wanted to be in stayed. The ones that were there that were married young, you know, for the whole paycheck and that, that whole romanticized fantasy of marrying a soldier, six months and they're out the door. But the ones that stayed and the ones that made it, meaning the ones that, you know, they didn't fall apart, they're still, they're still committed and they want each other. It's because of that factor. There's something there that made them want it to begin with. That's why they stuck around. And it's somehow, I think these other people lost the want, maybe when they're trying to... E-word passion? Well, it's passion. It probably is. I don't know. I, I have, There's a desire there to want it to begin with. And unfortunately, I see a transition when it happens with the military spouses that I don't, quote, make it. Um, I think it's maybe... I think maybe they lost their want. I think maybe that's it. And I, I because I want to make sure that we can try to keep intact those that made it through this weird kind of selection thing that we all did. You know, staying married, being through all these deployments, decades of this type of lifestyle, and then to come to the end when you transition out. And unfortunately, I mean, we do have friends. They didn't make it, and they split. Well, they transitioned out. I think something that's really important too is that. You, you tend, like, spouse or family couples that 
stay together, they tend to gravitate towards each other. And then that support system just grows from there. So for me, it was, I was initially put into this situation where I wasn't surrounding myself by the people that I, that, cause I know the relationship that I have and it's not just, you know, six months paycheck and then I'm out, you know? Um, but then once I actually got into, uh, going to, barbecues and whatnot outside of everybody being there you do you gravitate towards couples that stay together that support one another that you know go through all the trials and the garbage of what goes on over there and at home and and your support system is so much bigger and better so um and I think just having those couples or those wives that are more mature and trust their relationship it's so important to you know, educate those younger couples because ultimately you have the, you know, your soldier is overseas. He's doing things, you know, he's gone. He feels bad about being gone. And then you have these, this young wife at home that really doesn't take it as seriously as what it is. And then it just explodes into something that's into what it shouldn't be, which is, you know, it takes away from what he's doing and has another thing that he has to deal with when he gets back. So I think it's really important just to have, you know, mature wives influence these younger generations coming up because they they really don't they don't know and they don't take it as seriously. As back to Mike's point, though, and I and I couldn't agree with them any more than 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 possible. A team is a family, right? When when you have those eight to ten guys on that that ODA, and that's a family, and then you add to the family the wives, the kids, and whatever else. That's an extended family, and, and it's still a micro community, though. And in a micro community. The, the small problems are exaggerated and become bigger problems if they were there to begin with, right? So bigger problems become even bigger than they were. So, you know, when, when I was graduating the Q course and I got assigned a fifth group and Camille was having, my wife was having conversations with other SF guys' wives, she was hearing things like, oh, thank God my husband got assigned a fifth group because I was hoping you wouldn't get seventh group and go be tempted by all the women down in South America and this and that and whatever. Ah, right? yeah. And she would just look at him and go, if you have that fear to begin with, there's probably a bigger problem you know, yeah. underneath the surface there already. So in, in a micro community, like a family like that, you know, um, a passion is, is alive and well, because you're not going to bring any enabler or anybody, you're not going to bring a new working dog or EOD guy or anybody onto that team without impacting every member of the family, the safety, security, and the holistic well-being of those people. So that they come home to the family. So, so everybody kind of gets all antsy about why emotions run high. But just quit thinking of it as a team and think of it as a family. And then you'll understand that anytime you bring anybody into a new familial environment, tensions are going to run high because it's a, it's a new, untested, unknown thing. And new things are scary, right? So so I couldn't agree more with what Mike said about it's a family. And it's just it once is, you it look is. at I, it. I would, have died, I would have died for anybody on, on any of my teams, anybody that I worked with, the same as I would have died for my wife or one of my sons. If my guys called me today and said, hey, man, I, I need you, you know, I, I would be on a plane, whatever financial risk or whatever, trying to go back there. You know, I, I've got stories out the wazoo of I would go away for yet another training environment to a, a long course or something else. And, you know, literally our bathroom toilet fell through our finished basement ceiling the day that I left. So I get this. You know, very upset, emotional phone call from my wife with a new toddler and everything else, right? I had just gone off a plane. I'm checking in. I'm crazy busy trying to do whatever across the country. Two guys from my team roll over. They start organizing supplies, everything else. They call me up like, hey, man, don't worry about it. We got it. 
you know, let her go off to exactly. dinner with the kid. They everything the next day the drywall was fixed the ceiling was fixed the toilet was fixed you know and and that's a great example of of what you have in these tight-knit familial units right and that's why passions run high because when you don't have that or when you have something that risks that that's when everybody gets upset you know what maybe it's weird that i think that others don't maybe understand that i have to tell you this has to go with our transition thing and i think it's important um, because we did a transition and then relocated. So we did, so you know what I mean? We had a whole uproot. So when we transitioned, it was like like another deployment. All of a sudden, you're in a new environment, and you have to adapt. And ready, get set. Not only are you going to adapt your new house, but now you have a new job. Ready, get set, go. And it might as well have been another country, because it is a very different culture up here. And what you're saying, uh, Scott, with this familial uh, relationship, what I learned from this transition already has, has been uh, huge as far as acceptance and familia and the fact and the, the epiphany hit me right in the face undeniable that I was trained. And I, and, I, and I didn't realize that that had happened to me until I realized that others were untrained. And the That's shock how good of, I am. You, you're going to get it, Rudy. You can stop that. No, it's true. Because by default, just by living in this environment with these type of men and these type of women, they're all leaders. Nobody is, I, I don't, I, I didn't hang out with any followers. We had a whole group of leaders together because there was no spouse that stuck around that didn't have reflective qualities of the spouse that they had married. So I have these women that are, you would love to be with these women because all of them were awesome. They were, you couldn't. You couldn't believe the stuff that they could do. They they could deal with, with, with toilets falling through the floor crisis in five seconds. Totally. They got, they got poo-poo on their walls. They got fucking in the other room. They're supposed to do a business meeting at nine. Their, their suits all jacked up. They're like, I got it. As they're on the phone. And they're pregnant. Yeah. And pregnant. Me because because nothing ever happens until the day they leave. That's how it always works. It was never until the day he left, and then it was the toilet, or it was the, you know, the water uh, line breaking, or it was, you know, the car, whatever. We would joke about that, Beth. You're right. Yeah, we would. We would jokingly say so I, everything's fine. I can add I'm plumber. Uh, electrician. Oh, always. Uh, I had so many things to my resume. Thank you, babe. You did that for me. Thanks. That's all. Well, I just want to point out, Robert, that Beth has brought us full circle to my comment about disengaging <laughs> from being at home. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I needed to do in combat. Right? Uh, That's what us boys like to do anyway. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to bring it back too to the transition thing for transitioning out for those of us that have moved because there's no way I'm the only one. I know my girlfriends have relocated too. Um, and it is so apparent how different we are and we really are. And I didn't know it for sure until we got out. Like I thought we were different. We're always kind of, you know, a little, you know, keeping things as, as they had said, you guys said earlier, like, you mean different to civilians, right? Just to clarify. Yeah, we're different. We are. And you boys are different and we're just, we are. And we're not blend in and it's and if you try to blend in perhaps maybe that's maybe that's the facade that needs to stop you're not going to blend in no. so don't try to blend in stop we it. live our area we're fortunate because where we are this is a we have a military community uh, that's what is mostly here so we have a lot of like minds around here 
um, because almost everybody here has either been in the military or is in the military. Uh, we lived in North Carolina three times too many, thank you very much. But the last time <laughs> we lived in a Pinehurst, and I'll tell you, that's the first place we ever lived where people would actually ask Mike what he did. Like it wasn't a given. They would be, you know, what do you do for a living? And he'd be like, um, I'm in the army. You know, I mean, they didn't, it was just not ah. something they saw a lot of, which was cool because I can, you know. Well, they knew everybody. They knew all the, anybody that said they were in the military in Pinehurst, they kind of knew the backstory with that. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we lived in the, like, we were in, like, in the village area. So that, that yeah. was a whole other story than Southern yeah. Pines. <laughs> well, you were up in there, weren't you? You're like, Southern, they're going to Southern do Pines, Whispering Pines. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Were, we were out in Whispering Pines. Yeah. Moved to Sydney, Australia, and then <laughs> not a very military-friendly town for the first place. Very liberal bent. Um, I better watch out. My wife's going to come running out of the, the back and shoot me. But um, <laughs> not that there are no guns in Sydney, so we're good otherwise. We have areas like that in Colorado, too. But where we are, it's not like that. The, the liberal areas. We have, yeah, <laughs> yep, there you go. <laughs> they make good ice cream there, by the way. <laughs> good, good healthy people in boulder there's a lot of places that have those green crosses on the on the outside of the establishments yeah. so they're they're really concerned about their health real big on um, herbal medicine there you know one of the things my wife asked me when it was all over was uh, are we done moving because of the disconnections and everything that they had to, uh, she had to make through the years. Um, you know, for us, it's easy to kind of be numb to those that are around us and making those transitions and changes and such. But um, for the spouses, uh, you do develop friendships uh, that you're talking about with other fellow spouses. And when that finally happens and that that moment occurs after seeing so many friends move on and change and those types of things. It's hard, really, to to finally understand. This is it. I can I can start settling roots now. You know, and um, and what does that look like? Yeah. Now what do I do? That? It's awesome. Well, <laughs> then you pack goodness. up and move. Like I'm yeah. pretty <laughs> Thank goodness we we weren't put in that situation. But within transition or even PCS moves, you know, for you guys, it's all the same. You're just going to another job. You know, you're going to basically be doing similar things and you're going to go to work and blah 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 and on our side where our mind is like okay we've got to find a house we've got to make sure what school district that house is in we've got to make sure we turn on this and this and this and this and this so it's not as easy for us to pcs or to or even to move period um because that's kind of one of the things that we do on our side you guys are welcome and uh, <laughs> hey, I'm, 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 all, I'm all in. Carrie knows exactly. And, and, yeah. and Mike, Scott, Robert, uh, you, how, many, how many times have you guys come home to a, to a different home that you never even got to see to begin with? Mike usually comes home <laughs> to different cars, not homes. Cars usually <laughs> are what he would come home to. <laughs> I, know, I know how Not I other people's hard. cars, our cars. Yeah. <laughs> he would, it would be in his name. He just would have never seen them. <laughs> We tell stories here in Australia about when we moved to, uh, when I left group and went to the federal route to be a program manager, we, we were in Wilmington, North Carolina, outside Camp Lejeune in Marsoc. So I showed up a month before my wife. She was still transitioning herself and her career in Nashville and everything. But I, I found the house and I was walking through the house with my phone on my chest and kind of, you know, just taking videos of all the corners and whatever. And the realtor, even Wilmington is a pseudo military town and the realtor was blown away. But now we tell that story to people that we bought, and you know, the day that, 
she first saw our house that we lived in for five plus years was the day we closed on at the lawyer's office. She had never walked through it before. So, mm-hmm. you know, when people hear that, mostly though, in, in the outside mm-hmm. of the military world, it blows them away. They go, you found and bought a house. I'm like, and I would have trusted her. I just happened to be there. If she found yeah. it first, then it was no big deal, you know, right. but to us, it was just the way things were. Right. That's normal for us. Right. That's just kind of how we do things. So when I retired from the Marine Corps, my husband bought me a big fancy house as my retirement gift. And he kept sending me pictures as it was being built and asking me questions like what color granite, and what color door handles. Wow. And I was always like thinking in my head, base housing, like I don't care as long as everything works. <laughs> I don't care. Why do you keep asking me all these questions? And then he finally ended up you know, making all the decisions. And then I too, the first time I saw the house was when we closed on it. And then I was like, oh my God, I can't believe you bought this big fancy house. And he was like, we're never moving again. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, Robert, I got a question for the guys, for um, all the guys there. You know, Beth brought up a big comment about the PCS moves and we've done, I don't know, she'll correct me, 12 or 13 of them. I think I heard uh, Kira say that you guys did 18 or 19, uh, you and Rudy. 18. So, you know, talking about transition, looking back to our PCS moves, every time our wives move, man, that's a that's a transition cross country move. Um, well, that's usually, not even accounting in some cases the number of moves that you make within a PCS. So you may be in a, yeah. uh, a temporary housing situation that you move yeah, to a permanent. That's where my 18 comes from. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. So, yeah. And, and you know, he's not that unstable, right, Bruin? You didn't get <laughs> but, but from an employment perspective, these women look for employment cross country. They lose a network of, of, of friends and, and coworkers that they have. Uh, so I, I know I didn't do it. We didn't really talk about this until just the other day. But why don't we reach out to that resource and ask, hey, you know, what's it been like for you to transition uh, your employment from one area of the country to another to find a new job, to find a new network of people, to market your skills? I mean, that's something that I don't think I've seen uh, captured in any transition material that, that we have or that I've read uh, is we've got, you know, kind of that, that long hair dictionary to tell us exactly what to do right in our own homes. But uh, I had to, Scott. Sorry. <laughs> um, but but you know you, you've you've got that resource, but but not very many people, you know, access it. So I you know, dude, what, if you'd have asked me, if you'd have brought this up, because we talked about this on the phone just the other day. But if you'd have brought this up, I'd have added that in my book for sure. Because I mean, it's one of those things. That's a I, valid point. I never thought about it until you said it. It's like, well, yeah, you know, our spouses constantly make that transition. They constantly transition themselves each and every time with new employment, new situations, the whole bit. So why is it so difficult for us to do it? Um, sure, we're going from the military to the, you know the private sector or the civilian side of it. But having made that transition, they probably have a lot to share with us that could really put us ahead of the. Um, I think you path. guys, as a whole, are pretty much overthinkers. So yeah. you have too much going on in your head. So you. You're overthinking like Mike, six, seven, eight months out, he's freaking out because he doesn't have a job yet. And I'm like, you know, even if you were offered a job, you couldn't take it because you're still in the army. So you need to calm down. By freaking out, she means that I was conducting detailed analysis. We were going to have cable. We were, I'm glad we still got lights because I was like, what else are you going to try and turn off? I tried to get one of those old crank sets for the generator batteries, you know. (laughs) I I just told him because he. Pedal faster. Yeah. How are we going to pay for this and how are we going to pay for that? And I said, it's going to work out. It's all going to work out. 
But freaking out about it today isn't going to change what's going to happen in eight months. So, And then they get mad at you for being so calm. I know. <laughs> and I... <laughs> He's like, well, Why aren't you as excited as me about this? <laughs> we might right. have to do this. We might have to do this. I said, honey. Hey, it's I kind of a big deal. In, yeah. I said, I will live in the camper if I have to. You just need to calm down. I had four. How I many safety care. nets did I have, Carrie? Like four? All right. See, Beth, we're just echoing your sentiments. Did you hear them? How many safety nets did I have? Yeah, I know. Because you were doing Branches and sequels. <laughs> Brian Neal in the chat room said he's freaking out and he's five years out from retiring. So, <laughs> yeah, that's I, where um, think think smart, you know, work smarter, not harder comes in, babe. Remember, remember, I keep telling you that. It, it's so true, and I mean, you know, if you really think about it, you guys have gone through it so many times, and we don't really, we don't ever think of that to ask. Well, we ask you guys, but it's not necessarily the opinion you really that we don't want. Our we don't want to, right? No. Yeah. You're just kind of making us feel important. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's kind of a big, I mean, at least from the guy's perspective, at least from mine, you know, it, it, it was like one of the biggest things that I'd ever done in my life. And it was like it was real for the first time. And you have all that responsibility coming down, which, yeah, you, you, you dealt with it throughout your career. But when when you're giving up that that paycheck every month and you and you're figuring okay i've got to pay for this i got to pay for that i got to do this i got to do that at least that was on my mind and and it was like man i need a bulletproof plan you know i got to right. be able to transition smoothly now i told mike sell everything i don't care you can sell everything we have it doesn't i, I don't care we can yeah. move to my the wife KOA. said the same thing we, we started off in a trailer park with a uh, trailer park with a uh, um God, I can't even think here. Uh, we had a chicken coop and everything in the backyard and couldn't even walk out our back door of our trailer and the whole bed. And I think the only thing that we owned in that trailer was it. Now, this you got to think now. This was a an important thing that we own, a stereo and a TV. I think that was the only thing that we own, which is... What else do you need? The bare necessities, exactly. A good bottle of scotch. Yeah, and she mentioned, she goes, I could go back to that with no problem. It's it's not that big of a deal. Uh, but for us, oh. failure is not something you can accept. It's just, you know, we don't but want if, that. If you've been at it as long as Mike and I, I mean, I was, we, I, I turned 17 two weeks before we got married. Yeah. So this is all we've had. This is all we know. So when he wanted to get out, I, I know he was worried and concerned. What am I going to do? And this and, you know, and, and, and I was too, but we just have a different, a little bit uh, different mindset where I'm like, well, you know, it is what it is. Whatever happens is going to happen. We're going to be together. We're going to go through it together. We're going to come out on the other end. We may, you know, be on a corner holding up a sign, but we're going to stand on that corner together. That was the point. So. Yeah, but it is what it is. Isn't a part of you know the military decision making process. So you can't just say like, <laughs> yeah, facts and assumptions, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a fact. We're gonna be on the street corner. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna make, we're gonna take turns holding the sign. Maybe one of us will dance a jig. Who knows? But there we're going go. to stand there together. I mean, I know why Rudy was nervous. He has like zero marketable skills, so exactly. he should have been very terrified. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Knuckle draggers. You have no not, idea uh, the panic. Anybody's the panic. Yeah, yeah. You're not looking for knuckle draggers. <laughs> I'm a professional crayon artist. I yeah. draw well. I like to shoot people in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Scott almost fell over. He's totally <laughs> I had to no, it's a, it's an inside joke. I had to throw that in there because we talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Every we show Rudy talks about it. it. Yeah. 
Just don't put that on your resume. <laughs> and we've talked a lot about some of the issues we face as military families tonight. We talked about um, some of the training issues that, that we've been through, some of the deployments, PCS moves, transition, and reintegration. I think that for me, and for me and Beth anyway, she'll correct me if I'm wrong, of course, like she has so many times tonight. But um, I think that uh, what it boils down to is you got to have effective communication. And I don't think that's different than any any other marriage, any other relationship, whether it's business or personal. Um, if you open up lines of communication when you're young, if you develop that relationship and you, you keep building on this lines of, these, those lines of communication, uh, then as, as challenges you approach in life are, are um, greater and greater, like the deployments were and like PCS moves and certainly like transition is, uh, I think that, that the communication and that relationship will carry you through to the end. Absolutely. Well, well said, Mike. It helps Mike. if you like each other a little bit. It always helps. you got to be willing to go through 24-7 of him being home. Because if you're not, oh, sister, you are in the wrong area. You've got to move on. you got to be into the whole thing. You're like, do it, baby. Just be you. Just let's do it. I think this has been a great show. And Kara, uh, Beth, and Kat, I can't... Uh, tell you enough how much i appreciate you guys joining us on the show hopefully you'll get a chance to come back again uh mike and rudy uh, will allow you to do that and uh absolutely we'll have to uh we'll have to do a continuation of this on it you a- have to do a, you, you're gonna have to do an unedited version though or a, an adult <laughs> version that would be that's a lot of fun the, that's where you're gonna get the i'd have to switch the whiskey for that one <laughs> yeah you'll get yeah, some real good. nuggets that's of information and next time we'll have to get we'd have to get camilla on too so we can hear her voice because she's probably pretty sassy too. Yeah, my my wife would not even come on at all. Uh, So I was kind of, uh, I I wish she would have. So she's probably much like Camilla. I know that uh, Camilla is working as well. So appreciate her, you know, joining us in the Mixler chat room. And for those of you guys who um, don't join us typically in the Mixler chat room, make sure that you do set up an account. That's the MIXLR.com. You can use your Facebook account or set it up with your email account or however you'd like to do it. Um, our shows are taped on the SoundCloud, on the iTunes, on MentorsForMilitary.com as well. And that's MentorsForMilitary.com. Make sure you check us out and our podcasts that are on there. And if you hadn't had the opportunity yet to, to rate us on iTunes, be sure to go to iTunes and um, give us a rating of the show. Leave us your comments. Let us know uh, what you think of it. Uh, if there's areas that you think that we can improve upon, we certainly want to hear about that as well. And uh, appreciate it again, Kara, Beth, and Kent for being on the show, for Mike, for Rudy, uh, for Susan, and for Scott. Thank you, everybody, uh, for listening in, and we'll be uh, back at you in a few more days. Take care. Bye.